Good morning. Good afternoon. It's 1248. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so very much for joining in on my podcast. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin. I'm with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. How many of you know that our souls must be made whole? In order to go from one level to the next level, in order to go from faith to faith and glory to glory, um, our souls must definitely be made whole. I'm so glad you guys decided to join in, and I'm screaming live on my Facebook Live also, so we're going to do a two-in-one kind of deal here. Um, but again, um, welcome again to my my um, afternoon podcast, okay, Biblical Principles, let's get this straight so no one's irritated by it, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Today we're going to talk about... Um, Faith in God. Yes, how many of you know that we just we have to have faith in God and God alone? Faith in God. What does that mean? And how do we just have faith in God? We're going to talk about this here in one moment, one second, and one minute. Um, but before we do, you already know that we're going to pray. So, Father, we just thank you for being together here, being in the midst of us, Lord God. Um, we ask that you open our ears to hear, our eyes to see. Father, give us a rhema word, Father. For I believe Isaiah 50 and 4, that you have anointed me to be able to speak words, to bring healing to those that are growing weary in the name of Jesus, Father God. And we just thank you that lives will be transformed and changed as we hear you. this word today. We will um, not just be hearers of your word, but doers also, Father. And we will grow from faith to faith. And glory to glory. How many of you guys are ready to jump another hurdle, to jump another level, to to go in and to possess that promised land? We're getting ready to start right now. Um, okay, so you guys, if you can, I'm asking you if you can share um, this podcast with someone else so they too can be blessed by the word of God. We're going to start with Hebrews 11, 6, where we know that um, the word of God teaches us and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So here it says without faith is impossible to please God. So um, because when we don't um, please God, believe God, we call him a liar, right? For without faith, it's impossible to please God, uh, because we not only must believe that he does exist, but how many of you know God rewards us when we believe his word? Because God and his word is one, and he cannot tell a lie. So what is faith? Well, according to Hebrews 11 and 1, the Bible tells us, now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. That's one translation, the Bering Study Bible translation. But let's go over here and see. Let's read the NLT. I like reading different versions. It says, um, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. The English Standard Version say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The uh, hope for. The conviction of things not seen. Wow. Let me read the Amplified. Let's stroll down to read the Amplified. The Amplified says, now faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. Wow. Confirmation. 
Faith is the title deed, it's the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. They're divinely guaranteed by God. Because how many of you know that God cannot <laughs> tell a lie? So it's divinely guaranteed. In other words, we have his word on it. If God said it, what the word, you can take it to the bank. If God said it, we can believe it. If you can find it in his word where he said it, then you, that's a word that um, you can take to the bank. God and his word is one. God, God's word is his bond. And, and when we say what God say and we believe what God believes, that's his reputation on the line. Okay, let's use this for an example. If you call me and you say, hey, I'm putting $1,000 in your bank account. And if I believe, and you can, and you say, when you can tell whoever you want. And, and so I begin, if I believe it, guess what I'm going to do with what you said? If I believe it and I have faith and confidence in you, I'm going to call and tell someone else what you said. And guess what? If you don't do what you say, guess what? That's your reputation on the line. I'm just the messenger. I was just relaying to someone else what you said. It's up to you to make good on that word. How many of you know we say what God say? It's up to him to make good on his word. And this is why he said he watched over his own word to perform it. And how many of you know that the Bible tells us that the angels of the Lord, they hearken unto the voice of the Lord. I don't know about you, but that's enough for me. I simply believe it because he said it. And that's enough for me. His word is good. The fact that he changed me, he saved me, he delivered me, he set me free and he's transforming me and he sanctified me by the word of truth. That's enough for me. I know that's enough proof for me that God is real and that Jesus Christ is the son of God because it was when I prayed, uh, uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that's when my life changed. I don't know about you, but I had a transformation, a Damascus Street experience. <laughs> I was cussing last week and, and I was cussing the day before, but the next day I wasn't cussing no more because he cleaned my mouth because he was going to use me as a mouthpiece. How about that? Um, that was an unclean spirit. And so when I accepted Christ, when the spirit came in, the unclean spirit had to come out. So I wasn't cussing no more. It wasn't even something I had to struggle with because it was something uh, I was an unclean spirit. Um, but I'm trying to stick with here about how when we say what God say, see, we're just repeating what he said. He tells us the Bible, he tells us to bring him in remembrance of his word. It's not that he has forgotten it so we can remember. And um, it's his word. Tell me what I said. Come on, let's reconcile together. Come on, let's reason together. Now, you know, it's like, well, yeah, well, you said these were your words. This is what you said now. I'm just telling you what you said. You ever had a conversation with someone and you had to bring their words back to their remembrance? Well, when God, when we read a promise in God's word, it's not up to us to bring it to pass. It's up to him to make good on his word. And if we need wisdom, if we have a part to play, we ask God, Lord, give me wisdom to show me how to do what you said. I need your wisdom. It's your word. Now that I see your word, I receive your word. I believe your word. Now, Lord, give me wisdom to walk out this word because you said it's the doer of your word that's blessed and not the hearer only, right? Excuse me one moment. I want to set it up a little bit higher so I'm not looking down. 
Um, but isn't that what he said? He said it was the doer of his word that's blessed and not the hearers only. I'm just saying what he said. Okay, so let me see if I can get, get uh, the Hebrews 11.1. 1. Again, we're talking about what faith is. So Hebrews 11. Um, again, I'm coming from the Amplified Bible. Now, faith is the assurance. Okay, the title deed. I, I just, I'm trying to, <laughs> I need you to get this. It says the title deed. Okay, it's the confirmation. It's the receipt. It's, um, it's proof. It's like, it, it, you know, when you pay your bill, I just paid my electric bill and they gave me a confirmation number. That means it, it, it seals the deal. I mean, it confirms the fact that it's already been paid. Um, so faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed by God and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Even though you can't see faith, you just believe it because that's you got. We have to believe in something that we can't um, see. We have to believe in a God that we can't see. Um, uh, not only uh, we have to believe that God does exist. We have to believe that God does exist and that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. We have to believe that he exists because we happen to believe in a God we can't see. Right? We cannot experience him with our physical senses because faith is not feelings. Faith is believing in what God has said. If you tell me something, right, I don't have to feel what you say to believe what you say. <laughs> Come on now. I'm, my faith is in your character. My faith is in who you are. My faith is in your steadfast, your accountability, how you are a person of your word. The fact that you never lie to me, that when you tell me something, you always do it. And if you can't, then you call and say you can't. Um, my faith is in what you said, because I feel like I can trust you based upon your character. And that's the same way with the word of God. God cannot tell a lie. He is truth. God is truth. To lie, he would have to go against who he is, right? So um, having faith in God alone is just trusting him. Um, no plan B, no plan C, no nothing. The Bible says that when we need, need wisdom, we can ask for wisdom, right? But when we come for it to him, we must have faith in him alone because a double-minded man is not going to receive anything. James 1 and 5 tells us. Now, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding a fault. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. James 1, 5 NLT tells us this. So now that we know what the word of God say, Lord, show me how to do what I know. That's a question I like to ask people. Do you know how to do what you know? Do you know how to do what you know? How many of you know that now that you read the word uh, and um, you believe the word, that you're going to have to wait on it? You're going to have to wait on it. Why? Because it's through um, faith and patience that we inherit the promise. Faith and patience go together because after you've done the word of God, after you've done the will of God, 
You're going to have to wait for it to manifest. And wait don't mean sitting still doing nothing. It means to continue doing whatever it is that you was doing. They who wait on the Lord, that doesn't mean you're just literally sitting still. I mean, not unless the Lord tells you to be still. But to wait means to serve like a servant. Continue doing what God has told you to do until he tells you to do something different. Don't grow weary. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Because when we get tired of doing the right thing, that's when we start doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so don't faint. Don't don't get tired of doing good. Because in due season, guess what's going to happen? The word of God tells us, he said, we're going to reap what we sow. So we, we're going to reap the good too, not just the evil, but we're going to reap the good we sow also. First John 5 and 14 tells us, I'm not going to be here very long with you today. At least I don't think so. But 1 John 5 and 14 teaches us and it tells us, NLT, it says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we, when we ask for anything that pleases him. Hmm. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Lord Jesus. So it has to be according to his will, according to his word. What is the will of God. Well, the will of God is the word of God. So we can't know the will of God without knowing the word. We cannot have faith in God without knowing, excuse me, we can't have faith in God without knowing the word of God. Because re remember, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? Hearing the word of God. So we can't, we have to know the word of God to have faith in God. This is why, this is why the enemy fights us so hard. Because he knows that if we don't spend time in the word, we're not going to have faith. And how many of you know that the word of God is our weapon of warfare? The Bible tells us that we are to fight the good fight of faith. In order to fight the fight of faith, we have to know what God's word say. Because after we have done, um, done the will of God, the devil is coming for the word of God. He wants to steal. This is what he's coming for, you guys. The devil comes to not but to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10, right? So what is it he wants? What is it that the devil wants? He wants to steal the word. Because if he can steal the word, he can kill our, he can steal our faith. If he steals our faith, he can kill whatever the seed, whatever it is, the harvest, whatever it is we were believing God for. And if he can kill whatever we were believing God for, then he can destroy our harvest because dead things don't grow. That's his objective. The parable of the sower tells us that immediately after the seed is on state and comes to steal the word, because when we don't understand the word, he steals the word. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. So if we don't know the word, we don't have a weapon. If we don't know the word, we can't have faith. But to have faith in God alone, we're going to have to have a love relationship with him. Because how many of you know it's hard to believe somebody you don't know? It's hard to trust somebody you don't know. So I like to tell people all the time, relationship, relationship, relationship. We have to spend some time in the word of God because God and his word is one, right? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. It dwelt among men. God and his word is one, right? So when we're spending time, John tells us that first time one. So when we're spending time with God, we're spending time. Guess what? With uh, When we spend time with the word, we're spending time with the Lord. Um, so 
the, the word of God is the power of God under salvation. This is why I try to use as many scriptures as I possibly can, because that's the only thing that's going to set us free. It's not about opinions. Nobody's opinion is going to set someone else free. It's when we speak the word of God in faith, believing what it says. I've heard people sit up and, and, and say the word and the Holy Spirit say, they don't believe me. So a word that's not released in faith does not have the ability to destroy any yokes. It could be a Bible verse, but if the anointing is not on it, if they don't, if, if the word is not released in faith, there's no anointing on it to destroy anybody yokes, not even to destroy your own yoke. It's a dry, flat logos word. It's not a rhema word because it was not released in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because when we don't believe God, I have to say it one more time. And I want to leave you with this, that when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. So First um, John 5 and 14, I want to read it again. I want to read it again. I want to read it again. It says, and we are confident that he hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him. Not that pleases, but that ple- anything according to his will. Any, and when we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Or, and this is the confidence King James say that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. It has to be according to the will of God. The will of God, the word of God is the will of God. So I tell people, I said, when we're feeling hopeless, that's because we're faithless. There's no condemnation because that can be fixed, right? So all we have to do is go into the word of God, find out what is the counsel of God concerning these fears and these worries and these cares, because God cares about whatever concerns us. God cares for us, 1 Peter 5, 24 tells us. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Um, I think that's by Jesus Christ we're healed. Let me see exactly where that is. Cast, thank you, Holy Spirit. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord, right? That's 1 Peter 5 and 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. One translation says, cast all your anxiety on the Lord, which we know is fear. Anxiety is fear. So I like to tell you this, that when we're not trusting God, we're trusting, when we're not trusting in what God says, we're trusting in um, what man say or what the devil is using people to say. Um, that's not pleasing to God. It's not pleasing to you if you tell me something and I say, well, you are a liar and I don't believe that. I know that's not pleasing to me and that's not pleasing to God when we don't trust him. Um, NLT, First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and your cares to God for he cares about you. How many of you, do you believe that? Well, John 10, uh, John tells us, John three sixteen tells us, it was for God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for us. And when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He went on ahead and did it anyway. Even when we didn't acknowledge him, even when we didn't know him, even when we called him a liar, even when we didn't believe in him, even when we said God ain't real, he still went on ahead and did it. And Jesus said, you know what, Father? I know those that are mine, and the evil one, he won't be able to pluck them from my hand. 
Well, I tell you what, running, you can't run from God because he's everywhere, but you think you're running from him. In other words, really what we're saying when we're talking about running from God, we're saying, I'm, I refuse to surrender. Isn't that what Jonah was doing? He refused to surrender and he lived a miserable life. And that's what happens um, to us. When we refuse to just surrender and that call of God is on us and the hand of God is on our head and we're running, running, trying to run from God is running from love. Running, trying to run from God is running from good. And, and guess what? You not believing in God does not stop God from believing in you because he knows more about you than you do about him. Before the foundations of the world, the Bible says he knew you. He chose us. He adopted us. He chose us on purpose. So God knows stuff about us that we don't know about us. And so my prayer is, Lord, help me to know me like you know me. <laughs> We are who God says that we are. And when we're trying to run away from the plan and purpose of God, we're running away from everything that's good. Where it's just like the prodigal son. He left everything that was good to go to those things that he thought he wanted. The, the promiscuous lifestyle, the sex, the money, the drug. You know, he just spent it all on what he, his flesh wanted. And when the things of the world was not able to fulfill him, those things that he thought he had to have, he said, give me my inheritance, all my inheritance. And he went out and he squandered, he spent it all on worldly living and just uh, everything. He just spent it all on everything that his flesh could ever want, desire. It was all about what he wanted. It was all about him. God was nowhere in it, but he just left them. It's his own demise. He left them. But... He didn't even chase after him. How many of you know that God will not try to override our will? If, if we want to live in rebellion, if we want to choose to live without him, then he will let us because love is choice, it's not force. It was um, the word of God tells us, I set before you this day life, death, lessons, or curses. Guess what? We get to choose. We get to choose because love is choice, it's not force. And without trust, all we have is control. And that's why some of us are stuck with these control issues because we don't trust the God who created us. And the reason we don't trust the God who created us is because we don't know him. There's no condemnation. Uh, all we have to do, all we have to do is spend time getting to know him. And how do we get to know him? By spending time in his word. How, Hosea 4 and 1 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right? We don't know him. God and his word is one. If we, when we don't know the word, we don't know God. We say we believe in God. Yeah. But what is it? Even demons believe and tremble, right? That's what the word tells us. But who is, who, who is he? When you say you believe in God, what do you believe? What do you believe about God? The word of God tells us to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within us. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. That's NLT version. NLT says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Hosea 4 and 6, H-O-S-E-A 4 and 6, NLT version. He said, they don't know me. That's why they're being destroyed because they're calling good evil and evil good. They, they can't discern, they can't distinguish what's God and what's not. And so they don't know what my good, acceptable, and perfect will is because unless we renew our mind 
like Romans 12, 1 and 2 teaches us, we're not going to know what the God's good, acceptable, and perfect will is. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you will know that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We cannot know the will of God without the Word of God. We cannot have faith in God without studying, spending time in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It, the Bible tells us, he said, it brings the Father great pleasure when we bring forth fruit. How do we bring forth fruit? By doing what the Word of God says. The Word of God is like the seed. It's a seed. So our words are seeds being sown into the lives and hearts of others, and our heart is like the soil. So when we read the Word of God, we want to meditate on it. Meditate, because whatever we meditate, we eventually do, right? Meditate to do the Word of God tells us. So as we meditate on the Word of God, it goes deep, deep, deep down on the inside of us because it has to be rooted. It has to be rooted, right? Um, and, and eventually, whatever you plant, whatever we plant is going to grow. We will eventually see that word manifest as we act on it and continue to hold fast to the confession of our faith because the devil wants to steal our word. He wants us to curse the seed. He wants us to curse ourselves. He steals the word through our words. God tells us that life and death is in the power of our tongue, right? So the devil steals the word through our words. We're going to eat. We're eating our words. We're having what we say. Isn't that how God created the world with his words? Well, as he is, so are we. The Bible teaches us this. So Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since your priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I'll forget, forget to bless your children. <laughs> he said, my, but my people are destroyed. If you want your children to know God, you need to get to know God. I like to tell people the greatest gift, the, the, the most important thing that my mother ever said to me. Let's pray. You need to get your life right. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. I, know. I constantly hear her voice. That was out of all the things she's ever said to me, the, the one thing that I remember her saying to me is when she said, Paul, you need to get your life right. I miss my mom. She goes, Paul, you need to get your life right. And if you're going to live together, you need to get married. You don't need to live in sin. My mom said it just like that in that order because she knew that I need to get my life right first. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to say to you what my mom said to me. And my mom said that to me not because she did not like me. She said that to me because she loved me. We cannot have faith in God if we don't know God. Do you know him? And when you say you know him, to know God is to trust God. Because God and his word is one. To know God is to trust, trust his word. This is the confidence that we have. I'm going to go back to the scripture. This is the confidence that we have. Right? This is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
So when we, uh, why, why, how is it that we can have confidence? Because we asking him for something he has already promised us. It's like asking him for something he has already given us. It's like if you give me ten dollars to hold, and you come, you're gonna be confident. You just told me to hold the ten dollars. You didn't give it to me. You just said, hold on to this for me. And so when you call me up and you you know, you can ask me in confidence, knowing that I'm going to give you that $10 because it's yours. And every all the promises of God are yes and amen. They belong to us. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit as born again believers. We are prepared and equipped with the Godhead Father. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? We are fully loaded. God did not create us to fail, but he created us to succeed. Is your faith in God alone? Is your faith in what God says, or is your faith in what they say? Who are they anyway? You know, Jesus was so focused that even when he was on the cross, carrying the cross, even when he had to carry his own cross and the naysayers, and they were all on the sideline, he had to shut the chatter out. He did not respond to any of them. They were spitting on him, calling them names, all kinds of stuff. He had to shut out the outside chatter. And sometimes we're gonna to have to shut out the outside chatter if it's interfering with what God is saying. He was so focused. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. I mean, his loyalty was to his father. Is your loyalty to your father? Because when your loyalty is to your father, that's when Jesus become our Lord. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? We have to think about our thoughts. Is our thoughts God's thoughts? If not, we need to cast down those evil imaginations and those thoughts that exalt themselves uh, against the knowledge of God. But when we have our faith in God, we can experience the peace of God and we can enter into the rest of God. The reason we can't enter into the rest of God is because we don't believe God. When we don't believe God, the Bible says the children of Israel could not enter into his rest because of unbelief. Unbelief causes us to be at odds with God because we're not believing what he said. And we don't believe what he said because we don't know what he said or because we don't have a relationship. We can know the word and not know the God of the word. Um, you know, we hear people say stuff all the time on TV or whatever, and I maybe can even quote a, a, a word of what they said, but I don't know them. But I can, I, I remember what they said, but I don't know who they are. You can know the word of God and not have faith in God. See, it's with the mouth that we confess, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us. But it's with the heart that we believe. We have to believe in our heart without a shadow of a doubt. So how do we believe with our heart? Faith cometh by hearing, so we know we got to hear the word. So the Bible tells, delight yourself in the Lord, 
and he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, that's going to cause us to have fellowship with him. And when we have fellowship with the Lord, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. So as we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, guess what's going to happen? Our desires are going to become his desires. And we're not going to be asking for things outside of his will. We're not going to be asking for things outside of the desires that he has given us. We're going to be asking God for what he wants us to have. And he's going to give us what he wants us to have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence that we have. First John 5 and 14 tells us. Let me read the NLV version. First John 5 14 tells us. Now this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And not only does he hear us, but he's gonna answer too. Let, let's let's read this in the Amplified. First John 5 14. I might have to go a little bit more. He, he, he's, so we can have confidence and faith in knowing um, that God is going to do what he saying. He's a man of his word and that he cannot tell a lie. The devil is a liar and he's the author of confusion for God. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, T-R-U-T-H, and the life. God can only tell the truth. I mean, he can, if, if he told a lie, everything will fall apart. God is truth. He would have to go against himself to tell a lie. He cannot lie. These things I have written you believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does. First John 5. This is the Amplified Bible. So that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. This is the, the uh, remarkable degree of confidence which we have. This is First John 5.14, the uh, Amplified Bible I'm reading. This is not, this is where I was getting to verse 14. This is the remarkable degree of confidence, which we have as believers are entitled to, to have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact as indeed we do, because we believe what he say, right? That he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge, I mean, with a wholehearted confidence that we have granted, that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. And one translation say that we know that he hears us and that he will answer us. We know that he hears us. In, in other words, when you're asking God, he said, bring him in remembrance of his word. So when you're asking God what he said, you're just reminding him of what he said. And you know that his word is good and you know that he cannot lie. You can ask in absolute confidence, knowing the reason we have the confidence is because we know all we're doing is saying what he's saying. We're just saying 
what he's saying. Prayer, praise the word of God because the angels of the Lord, they hearken unto the voice of the Lord. They're listening. God's word is his voice. When we're saying what God say, that's the voice of the Lord. So when we're saying what God say, the angels of the Lord, they encamp around, they carry out the word. The angels of the Lord, God watch over his own word to perform it. The angels are listening for the word of God. Pray the word of God. If you don't, if you're having a problem and you don't know what to pray, just look up Bible verses. It's talking about whatever it is that you're, you're concerned about, because the Lord tells us in first Peter five, seven to cast your cares upon him because he cares for us. Anything that concerns you concerns God, any worries, cares, fears, anxieties, whatever God said, give it to me, cast that. How do we cast it? We cast our cares upon the Lord through prayer. Find out what the word says. And when we say to God what he said, when we bring him in remembrance, when we pray the word of God, we're praying the will of God. And we know that because we have asked according to his own word, that he not only hear us, but we can be confident that God is going to do exactly what he said. I know when my mom got saved, one of the scriptures she stood on was Acts 16, 31. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only shall you be saved, but your household should be saved. Um, the apostle Peter told the Roman soldier when the Lord opened the prison doors and he became fearful. And he said, fear not, don't be afraid. You know, it was the Lord. He did that. We're not going to leave. We're all still here. But if you believe, not only shall you be saved, but your household shall be saved. And you know what? And that promise is for us. Acts 16, 31. That's the promise I began to stand on. My mom stood on that promise and all her kids came to the Lord and we started having Bible studies at each other's houses. And I mean, I, I saw her. I saw the word of the Lord work in her life. She would not come up off of that word. And so when I accepted Christ, I started standing on it too. Lord, you said, if I believe, not only shall I be saved, but my household. It's not how they do it when you do it. That's not my part. My part is just to believe what you said and to walk in love because how many of you know it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance? To ask you for wisdom so if I have a part to play, which we all do in how we treat people. I'm getting ready to end it here. Do you believe in God? The word of God has to be our absolute truth. And when you won't let anything, no outside voices, when you shut out all the chatters, how many know there's no if, ands, or buts in the word, in God? If he said it, that's exactly what he meant. He tells us that unless we have child, you know, we must come to him as a child for such as the kingdom, because unless we come to him as a child, we cannot enter. Why is this? Because we have to have childlike faith. We have to see when we have to see God as our father. First of all, if you're seeing God as the man upstairs, that automatically tells me you don't know him. He's not the man upstairs. We have to see him and know him as our Abba Father. We have been adopted and accepted by God. And to be adopted means he picked us on purpose. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Um, Lord, when to be adopted means he picked us on purpose. So I don't know about you, but God's word has to be our absolute truth. And we has to come to him with childlike faith. If you tell a child something, most of the time, they're just going to believe it. Especially if you 
than keeping your word to them. They're going to go running around telling their friends, oh, daddy said that he's going to buy me ice cream. or And they go and tell everyone what you said because you just told them and they just believed it. And that's how God wants us to have childlike faith. When we read it, we believe it and we act on it and we confess it. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. He said, by Jesus stripes, you were healed, meaning it's already finished. It's already done. So we don't have to be trying to get something that's already ours. It's already yours. It's part of the covenant. It's part of the redemptive package. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. It's already ours. Are you trying to get something that's already yours? How foolish is that? Faith is the confirmation. It's the receipt. I believe, therefore I receive what the word of the Lord says. I just believe him. The fact that he changed my life, I am the miracle. People run around talking about they need to see a sign and a wonder. I am, look at me. Behold, look and see. If any man be in Christ, 1 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, behold, look, see. He is a new creature, creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, look at me. See, all things have become new. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't walk the way I used to walk. I don't go to some of the places I used to go to. Um, you know, I know that I've been changed. Not, I've been changed on the inside, from the inside out. And I am growing from faith to faith and glory to glory and I've been saved for 30 years and I love the Lord more and more and more and more each and every single day. Don't let your fire for God die. Don't let the love of the world kill your love for God. Because the Bible tells us in John, love not the world nor the things of the world. For if you love the world, the it says, then the love of God the Father is not in you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it causes us when we get when we take our focus off God and we start lusting after the things of the world and we start lusting after our, the things, trying to give our flesh the things that it won't, and we start becoming um the pride of life, having confidence in ourselves instead of confidence in God. We become self-centered and not Christ-centered. It kills the desires for uh, the things of God. The love of the world kills the love of the word. We're going to love one or hate the other, but we cannot love the world. To love the world, the things of the world is to become an enemy, is, is to make ourselves an enemy of Christ. Because the things of the world is opposite to the word. Good. God is opposite to evil. And when I give my flesh, every time we give our flesh what it won't, we say no to what God won't. Because the flesh and the spirit, they're contrary. They're enmity. They're not together. That's where the warfare is. See, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. The word of God has got to be our absolute truth. There's no if, ands, or buts in God. This is what he said. This is what it is. And this is this is what it is. It's my absolute truth. I believe it. Therefore, I receive it. Um, that not Acts 16, 31. I believe it. Therefore, I receive it. Be it, be it done unto me, Lord, according to your word. 
Isn't that what Mary said? Jesus would say to those that who healed, he'd say, your faith has made you whole. Is your faith making you whole? Excuse me. I'm getting ready to end it here. We must have faith in God alone. There is no if, ands, or buts in God. No more excuses. No more excuses. God is not a God of excuses. No more excuses. Either we believe it or we don't. There's no in between. No more excuses. Either we believe what he said or we don't. If we believe what he say, we need to say what he say. Hold fast to the confession of our faith. Don't let the devil steal our faith through the cares of the world, the worries of the world, the fears of the world. God said, give me all of that. Cast that on me because if you try to carry it, it's going to steal your faith. You're not created to carry worries and fear. Fear is a spirit anyways. It's demonic. It tries to make you think something bad is going to happen. That's why you say... Some people's like, why are you always thinking evil things are going to happen? Well, that's their faith. They're they full of fear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is the word of God saying concerning your situation? What is the word of God saying concerning you? What's the counsel of God? So I, I want you to know that every time we're feeling hopeless, because we're faithless, and um, no condemnation, all we do is just get in the word, find out what it says, believe what it says, say, Lord, okay, show me. I need your wisdom. Show me what to do. What is it I need to do here? Is it something I need to do? Is it somewhere I need to go? Is it something I need to say? But I'm going to end it here. But we can have confidence in God when we, when we pray, when we're praying the will of God, and we're praying the will of God is the word of God. We don't have to... It's not a like a lottery ticket. Maybe he'll answer, maybe you won't know. If we ask anything according to his will, anything, this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to, to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, it has to be according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and purpose for our lives. He, not only does he hear us, I'm trying to get you to understand, not only does God hear us, because we believe that he hears us, but not only does he hear us, and if, if, and if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, because we do, we do know that he hears us, we know that, and listens to us, and we know that he listens to us, and whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we will have, have granted to us the request which we have asked from him, that he will get, he will do it. He not only hears us, but the Bible says, one translation says, but he not only hear us, but he will answer us because, because he has to, God has to do what he said. He has to do. I know I was dealing with this test and this trial. And, and, and the only thing I could say was, God, you're for me because you're for this. You're for marriage. You're for me. And because you're for me, you're fighting. The angels, they're fighting for me. 
And I was able to rest in that. It doesn't matter. No matter what they did, no matter what came, no matter what was said, I could say, God, you're for me because you're for marriage. So if you're for what God is for, then know that God is for you and the angels of the Lord will fight for you. But make sure you're holding fast to the confession of your faith. Continue to say what God say, whatever the counsel is, whatever the word is concerning your situation. God, you say you didn't give me a spirit of fear. I will not fear. Well, you said perfect love cast out fear. I have confidence in your love for me. Therefore, fear and anxiety has no place in me. For perfect love cast out fear. That's what he said. Lord, you said perfect love cast out fear, Father. And you said that when I put my faith and trust in you, this is what he said. That I, you will not cause me to be ashamed. Why? We don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed when we're saying what God is saying. He's not going to leave you ashamed. He's going to show up. You don't have to worry about God not showing up because he watches over. He's listening for his, the angels are listening. And when we're saying what God is, see, I was saying what he said. It didn't matter what they were saying because what they say don't override what God say. Okay, it was demonic. The attack was completely demonic. It was witchcraft, Jezebel's, Ahab's, uh, uh, warlocks. It was very demonic, and I knew that it was demonic. I knew it came straight from the pits of hell. So I had to say, God, you said, when I find myself growing weary and I find myself growing weak, I would have to say, Lord, you said that because you're for me, who can stand against me? Because you're for me, Lord, nothing, no demon, no counsel, no, no, nothing, no counsel of the wicked, no plot, plan, or scheme of the wicked can stand against me because you're for me. I'm going to end it here. Know that when you're speaking the word of God, that's his word, that's his reputation on the line. And I want to encourage you and remind you that God is going to make good on his word every single time. And I'm getting ready to end it here. And I want you to remember, I want you to be exhorted. I want to exhort you, encourage you, and remind you that the just shall live by faith because we have to believe in a God that we cannot see. We simply have to take God at his word. He said, an evil and a wicked generation, they're the ones that want a sign. But he said, you're more blessed when you can believe without seeing. Some people say, well, I won't believe it unless I see it. You know, Thomas said, I won't believe it, Lord, unless I can put my hand in your, the side, the hole in your side. He said, an evil and a wicked, go on and, go on and touch it, I'll let you do it. But an evil and a wicked generation, they're always seeking a sign. Because when we need a sign, what we're saying to God is, Lord, I'll believe you when I, I believe it when I see it. That's not pleasing to God. But he said, blessed is he that can see. Blessed is he that believe without seeing. Because when we can believe without seeing, we're just taking God at his word. And faith is not a feeling. Faith is believing the report of the Lord. Irregardless of what it looked like, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When Peter stepped out on the water, that was faith in action. That was his works. Because faith without works is dead. So when he heard the word and he acted on the word, when he stepped out on the water, 
that was his works. What's your works? When you find a word, look for the verb. When you find a word, when you find a promise, look for the verb. When you find a word, look for the verb because the verb is going to tell us what to do. Because <laughs> a lot of times we don't know what our works are. You know, because he said faith without works is dead. Okay, so what is my works? My works are my corresponding actions. In other words, they're going to coincide with whatever it is that the word said to do. So the word came to Peter. Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to step out on the water, right? And so the word to him was come. So Peter heard the word come. He had faith in the word come. So his works was to come. <laughs> he, so faith, his faith, he heard the word. Faith comes by hearing, right? So when he heard Jesus say, come, faith came. He believed him. He took him at his word. And so because he believed him, his, 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 his actions were to do what he said, which was to step out the boat and begin to walk on the water. See, Faith without works is dead. Just believing what the words say is not enough. We're going to have to actually act on what it says in order to see what it says. <laughs> so when you find a word, look for the verb. What's the action verb? What is that? What does that promise say? If you be willing and obedient, you should lead the good of the land. Okay, so I, my part in that is to be willing and obedient. Right? So when you find the word, look for the verb because faith without works is dead. It's not enough just to believe because even demons believe, but we must have faith in God alone. God cannot tell a lie. He has never lied to me. God and his word is one and he has to do what he says. And when we're saying what God is saying, it's his reputation on the line. We don't, we don't have to try to make it come to pass. That's his, the angels of the Lord they hearkening to the voice of the Lord. And when we're saying what God is saying, they hear that. It's their responsibility to carry out that word. And if it's something we need to do, God will give us a word of wisdom, a knowledge or something to tell us, hey, Jesus told the blind Barnabas, he said, go wash in the pool. That was a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. It was a word of wisdom. Go wash. He told him what he had to do in order to get to see the promise fully manifest. I'm going to end it here. I just want to exhort you, encourage you, and remind you um, that you can trust in the God who created you. <laughs> um, the, the only plans God really do have for us is good, not evil, to bless us, to prosper us, to bring us into great success. And don't confuse the goodness of God Um don't confuse God with the devil because God is good. He said, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and I come that you might have life and life more abundantly in John 10, 10. But it's the thief who come at not but to still kill and destroy. So don't blame God for nothing evil the devil has done. And and, and know this, that God is not using evil to, to, to test us because God does not tempt anyone and he does not tempt anyone with evil. So let no man say that when he is tempted with evil, he is tempted by God, because God does not tempt us with evil and God himself cannot be tempted. Um, he doesn't test us with evil. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, not sickness and disease. So um, let's make sure that we're walking in fellowship with God. When we're walking in agreement with God, 
we're walking in fellowship with God. When we're walking in agreement with God, we're walking in submission to God. When we're walking in agreement with what God's words say, then we're walking in submission and in agreement with what the word of God say. I'm going to end here. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Please help share this word. Um, if you'd like to support us, my podcast, hit that support button down there. If you'd like to leave a message, hit that message button. Leave me a message and I'll get back with you. You guys be so blessed. Be so encouraged. Again, this is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I pray that this word of God will land on good soil and the hearts and the minds of people will be transformed and changed um, by this rhema word, Father. And we thank you that your word, this word will not return void, but it will accomplish those things for into it is sent, Father. And I thank you for filling us with your spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Um, and that our footsteps are ordered by you, Lord. We believe that because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your word teaches and tells us that the footsteps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by you. So, Father, as we come before you again today, this day, we ask that you use us to show your goodness to someone else so that they can be drawn to you. Father, that you lead God and direct us in the way that we should go again today, this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you guys don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and he rose, we shall be saved. So, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Accept Jesus Christ today. I don't know about you, but that was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Even my bad days are my bad, good, good days. And the Lord, I, I look back on my life and I think, oh my goodness, how did I live life without Jesus Christ? I tell you, I was miserable, all dressed up on the outside, but so empty on the inside. But when I said yes to him, I had a Damascus Street experience. And I'm telling you, anyone who knew me know that I am the miracle. If you need to see a miracle, here I am. Here I am, Lord. If you can use anything or anyone, you're welcome to use me, sir. I'm ending it here. You guys be so blessed. Be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And also know that when you support this podcast, you're supporting our nonprofit, We Care. Visit our website, WeCare1966.us. And I'm ending it here.